Well, hello, this is Christy Robillard, and I want to thank you for listening in just now to the Virtue Podcast. What I'm about to share with you is very personal. This is my personal journey about how the Lord has is, and continues to restore my very own soul. I know many of us feel the need for this, to have our souls restored, because it's been a rough few years, so many losses in every area of our lives. People we have loved are no longer with us. Health, homes, businesses, and careers, lifestyles, relationships, and even ministry. There are many churches that have lost much of their flock, while others still have not reopened their doors. So many losses. But God has promised us that He will restore and keep on restoring us. The restoration promise found in Psalm 23 promises that we can balance the pain of the past with hopeful progress for our future. The moment we hear the words of Psalm 23, even if in a movie, our attention is caught, our ear is tuned, our hearts are instantly drawn in because these are the words that are synchronized to the rhythm of our needy souls. Just in casual conversations when I've shared with friends that I'll be sharing on Psalm 23, I've heard over and over the very same response. Oh, I need that. (laughs) Well, yes, you do. And so do I. I think we all do. So stop what you're doing for just a moment. Close your eyes and listen to the words of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The 23rd Psalm is the most quoted scripture in all of the Bible. Many who aren't even professing believers can actually quote portions of it. It's also the easiest psalm to memorize, and I have, and I suggest you do as well. And how many have this psalm in some art form in their homes or businesses? I do. A few years ago, we underwent a home renovation and decor update, and the last room to complete was a downstairs powder room. One day, while hunting for the perfect wall decor, I happened upon a Psalm 23 canvas wall art piece. It's not what I had in mind at all, but it's what God had in mind all the time. He knew while I was shopping that day that I would see that perfectly toned shade of white with brown, simple font canvas. He knew all of those aesthetics would totally catch my eye. I remember holding the canvas up. It's not what I had envisioned, But I knew it was the right size and color. And who doesn't love Psalm 23? I was looking for wall art, but God was looking to restore my soul. I had no idea how God would use the daily reading of this psalm to restore my very own soul. I didn't even know I needed it, but He did 
Isn't he precious like that? I was truly like a sheep, simply being led by her loving, caring, and merciful shepherd to still waters. You see, I've recently come out of a storm. From 2013 until 2020, I experienced the most horrific life storm, the last four years being the most intense. My mother had very aggressive Alzheimer's combined with other mental illness. My dad was diagnosed with metastatic mesothelioma, and my brother had two heart transplants, and I was their caregiver. There was no one else to really shoulder the weight with me. It was what God called me to do. At one point, both my dad and my brother were in separate hospitals, dying at the same time. And there were a couple of other devastating heartbreaks thrown in the mix. By March of 2020, I had lost my entire family within just months of one another. And it wasn't just that they died. It was the way they died. Unbelievable human suffering. And again, I was their caregiver. I was there for every bit of it. All of this left me completely traumatized. I do believe I had a form of PTSD. And then came COVID Christmas in 2020. Both my husband and I contracted COVID, which threatened to take my husband's life. He was in the hospital for 18 days. And on the fifth day of his hospitalization, his doctor phoned me saying, hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Well, no one can prepare you to hear those words. It's not just having a disease that may eventually take your husband. It's this day. I was home alone because I was contagious. But the Lord was with me and also so merciful. And my husband made a miraculous recovery. All glory to God and thanks to the praying saints. But I found myself struggling emotionally in the aftermath of my seven-year storm. I couldn't just grieve my mom, dad, or brother because of how close together they died. It was all intermingled and messy. Flashbacks, just the most horrible, horrible memories, were constant and just overwhelmed me. I felt like I was drowning in grief. I just could not catch my breath. I developed the most incredible heartache. My emotional pain became a physical pain. I had horrible, constant, real pain in my chest. I even shared it with my doctor. She did an EKG in the office because that's what you do when someone complains of chest pain. The results were normal, of course, but Advil and Tylenol did nothing for my pain. God had to do something for me. I needed the Lord to restore my soul. When I sat down to organize my notes for this podcast, the Lord said to me, just tell them how we did it. Yes, I said, we did it. I was more than a willing partner with the Lord. I was a desperate partner. He did the miraculous. He did something I could never do. He restored my soul, but I had a role to play too. I told you this is personal, so I'm going to share with you actual notes from my personal journal of me doing my part and the Lord doing his. This is really my testimony. For note-taking, this will be your first point. Read and meditate on God's word every single day. This was me doing my part. Psalm 23 says that he leads me to quiet waters. He leads us, but he won't make us drink. You've heard the phrase, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. It's true. (laughs) I had horses. I know you can't. I realize this sounds ultra basic because it is. It's basic, but the reality is too many Christians are like the horse that has been led to water, but won't drink. 
they don't do the basics. Life is a marathon, friends, so we need to drink deeply of his word, not just to sip at it. So I don't just read, I ponder and I meditate on it. I also use my imagination to envision what I'm reading about. God has given us an imagination which helps us see beyond the black and white words on paper. And while I drink deeply of all scripture, I clearly had a divine appointment with the restoring power of Psalm 23. He literally placed it in front of my eyes every day. And I've come to believe there is a unique anointing on this psalm for the struggling and wounded sheep of his pasture. It's special. There have been other passages of scripture and specific verses that the Lord has used in my past. But for this restoring season, it has been Psalm 23. You may have another scripture passage that has your name on it. It may not be Psalm 23. Just follow his leading to your assigned quiet waters. So read your Bible daily, meditate, ponder, and use the imagination God has given you. Also read it aloud over yourself. And maybe you're wondering what I mean by this. So this is your second point. Speak his word aloud over yourself. This is what David is doing in the 23rd Psalm. This is David doing his part as he proclaimed to the Lord who he knew him to be and all that he has done and continues to do for David. Every day I proclaimed the same things about the Lord that David did in this Psalm. As I proclaimed back to the Lord his word, I also proclaimed these truths to myself. This was me doing my part. This is how I took ownership of his promises. This is how I have gone from knowing it to really believing it. I remember one night in 2015 that was especially dark. Every corner I turned looked hopeless because I could see where I thought everything was going. And then I remembered a specific verse. And so I began to quietly just speak his word aloud, just under my breath, because it was in the middle of the night in bed and I didn't want to wake my husband. But it was Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything too difficult for me? And by the way, this is a rhetorical question by the Lord. I just felt a compelling to just speak his word aloud. And the more I spoke his word, the more I believed it. This is what I'm saying. Speak it till you really believe it. I probably spoke that verse over myself about 50 times or more that night. I don't know, but it was a lot. It began as a disheartened whisper, just barely there. But as I continued, I began to experience this holy joy bubble up within me. I literally had a smile on my face. I could feel his presence and his joy resting on me. And I could feel his power too. There is power in his word. It is alive. And when you speak his word aloud, you are speaking living power over yourself. So do it and do it often. Don't just speak his word once and maybe not experience anything and then give up. Keep speaking his word until you sense the bearing of witness of his spirit and you have his spirit. That's what Romans eight eleven tells us. And so the third point is 
tell him what you really want him to do. So remember that pain I told you about in my chest that I couldn't get rid of? Well, on January 10th of this year, 2022, I finally pleaded with the Lord to take the pain away. For two years, day and night, I struggled with this intense pain. I don't know why. For someone like myself who asked the Lord for the most outrageous things on a regular basis that it took me so long to actually ask and plead for this pain in my chest to be removed. I just thought it was hard grieving, that it was just a process I had to go through, something I just had to live with, something I had to bear, but I couldn't live with it or bear it any longer. It was too much. And what I'm about to tell you is this. I also believe the Lord intentionally didn't remove the pain until I asked him to. He was after so much more than I knew at the time. He was after the increase of my faith. I remember clearly the morning of my pleading. I remember telling the Lord I needed him to do this for me. Just like Jacob in Genesis 32, I wasn't going to let him go until I felt that I had received what I needed. Again, this was me doing my part. In Mark 10 and in Luke 18, there is a story about a man named Bartimaeus who called on the Lord this very way. He wasn't going to let Jesus get by him without receiving what he wanted. Bartimaeus was blind, and Jesus was with his disciples approaching Jericho. And Bartimaeus began to call out loudly and repeatedly to Jesus, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And those with Jesus told him to shut up. But Bartimaeus cried out all the more. And this is what I love about this story. The word tells us in both accounts, in Mark's gospel and in Luke's, and Jesus stopped. This is one of the most endearing portions of scripture to me. Those three words say everything. And Jesus stopped. It was as if the world stopped. Everything and everyone was quieted for one man to be heard. And Jesus asked Bartimaeus, what do you want me to do for you? Bartimaeus could have asked for anything, but he asked for one thing, to regain his sight. And Jesus answered him this way, receive your sight. Your faith has made you well. Bartimaeus did his part. He asked for what he wanted the Lord to do. Bartimaeus had enough of suffering. He couldn't bear it any longer. He had faith that Jesus was the answer and that Jesus could restore his sight. And you see, that's where I was that morning. I was like Jacob and Bartimaeus. I wasn't going to let go or shut up because I needed Jesus to do for me what I could not do for myself. And I had faith to believe that he would restore me. Well, after praying strenuously like this, you would think that I walked away with the pain in my chest gone. It wasn't. <laughs> I wrote these exact words in my journal that morning after pleading. I expect at some point the pain will go away. I sure hope so. <laughs> See, this tells you how I felt that morning after I prayed. So it wasn't that day. In fact, I don't even know which day it was that he took the pain away. 
that he did. And I remember the day I realized he had done it. The Lord is sneaky like that sometimes. While driving one day, two weeks later, I remember right where I was on the road, the Lord suddenly brought to my attention that the pain was gone. I remember placing my hand over my chest as I drove, searching for it, saying, it's gone, it's gone. I literally couldn't find it. And you know what? It hasn't returned either. And so I wrote this in my journal. The Lord did it. The physical heartache, the pain is gone. I still grieve, but the terrible real pain in my chest is gone. Hallelujah. I also have a couple of other entries where I was doing my part that proved to be really helpful, that may be helpful for you as well. One day I wrote in my journal, count your blessings, not your wounds. When you're deeply wounded, it's very easy to hyper-focus on your wounds and lose focus of your blessings. So I made a blessings list and I diligently worked on focusing on them and thanking God for each one. I really had to focus myself on this. Another day, I wrote out verses about contentment because I realized I was discontented with my new life. I wanted my old life back. I wanted my family. I desperately miss each one, but also the family I once had. So scripture like these is very helpful. Philippians 4 verses 11 through 13. 1 Timothy 6 6, 2 Corinthians 12 10, and Hebrews chapter 11, the Hall of Faith, all of that chapter, and also Hebrews 13 5. There are more for sure, but these are the main passages of Scripture that I meditated on while I was working on contentment. These are all of the things that I did. It's been a journey. I did, and I'm doing my part, and the Lord is doing the rest. He is restoring my soul. The Lord does things for us all the time, too much that we're not even aware of, things we haven't even asked for. But there's a point to having faith, and the Lord is always after increasing it. And so Jesus is asking, what do you want me to do for you? Will you plead with me over your need? Will you drink deeply of the still waters that I lead you to? Will you speak aloud my promises over your thirsty soul? Will you count my blessings? Will you seek contentment? Will you do your part? This is my story. This is how the Lord led me. You have your own story, so do it the way he shows you. Do your part, and he will do his. You know what? I'm okay today, but there was a time when I wondered if I would be. But I am, and you'll be okay too, because restoration is his promise. So God bless you, my friends, and be restored.